I actually was raised just down the road in the metropolis of Elysburg. And I've, I've never actually visited the fellowship here, but I want you to know my entire life, I've heard nothing but great news, and there's been nothing but a great testimony of the love of Jesus that comes from this church. So thank all of you for your faithfulness, and thank all of you for your love for Christ, because we need fellowships like this to stand for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Yes. So thank you, Anna and Aaron and Livy. It's hard sometimes to come up and speak and be in front of people. And by the way, what time do we quit? Is it 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock? Oh, sometime. So, no, really, what time do we? However long you need. Okay, that's dangerous. So I have one rule. Every time, every now and then, we need an amen. If we don't, that's another hour. So when I speak, just to let you know, because I feel the... There you go. Learning quick. Hey, listen, God is good, isn't he? I mean, I know we've been through so much. We literally have been through so much. Um, uh, There's been a lot of challenges and heartaches over the past year, but we've had Jesus. We've had the Lord Jesus Christ, and my heart breaks for all those that don't have him. And our heart should break for all those that don't have him. And that's why we're here. We're here to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, but to share the good news of Jesus to all those that don't know him. And you know that today, those that don't know him, they don't necessarily like you or like us or like Jesus. But that's okay. Because we're not motivated um, by why, whether people like us. We're not motivated by popularity. We are motivated and compelled by the love of Jesus Christ. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Corinthians um, chapter 4. We'll start in verse 1, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1. I um, do a series at the church that I speak at of how to live a godly life in a post-pandemic chaotic world. Now, there's there's a statement, there's a title, isn't it? I hope I've piqued your interest there. And you're probably asking those questions. But before we start, can we pray one more time? Father God, in Jesus' name. In the name that is above every name in heaven and earth, I ask that your spirit come alive in us, through us, amongst us, that you would bring alive the word of God, that you would bring alive who we are in Jesus Christ, that you would bring alive the awesome privilege we have, but also that we have you. We not only represent you, but we have you to be with you, to walk with you, to dine and sup with you, to have fellowship and communion with you. Oh, Father, thank you for giving us your son, Jesus. Bless us now through your spirit, Father. May the spirit give us freedom in Christ to receive your word, to be challenged by your word, to be propelled and compelled by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I I live in State College, and every fall there's something unique that happens there. 45,000 students come back into town. I don't know about you, but that's not that exciting for those that live there. Because in the summer, we get used to doing what we want, going where do we want, buying what we want. But then life changes. But something actually more exciting happens every Saturday in the fall. There's this little little stadium called Beaver Stadium where 107,000 people come into town. And you know what? It doesn't start on Saturday. It starts every Tuesday night. 
you'll see motorhomes coming into town. By Wednesday night, Walmart parking lots are already filled with these massive fans and their motorhomes. They're already started the tailgating. But there is an energy and there is a buzz. You can feel it. And maybe that's why they call it Happy Valley. I'm not sure. But there is an excitement. We didn't have that last year. It was pretty depressing. But it's already started, I can tell you. It's already started. Um, people anticipating this year. Anybody here going to any games? Oh, God bless you. We'll pray for you, brother. Um, um, but anyways, yes. Yeah, so I can't believe you don't go to games. But uh, just to show you how exciting it is for us. I always leave town during the game. But anyways, for those that come into town, just make sure you spend a lot of money. It's better for us that uh, pay taxes. But with that being said, the one thing I've learned from Penn State fans is devotion. They literally prepare starting Saturday night after the game and get ready and devote and give their time and prepare for that one game the next Saturday. Many of them come in starting Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday. They're building for a football game. And I thought way back since I've been living in that town, man, do I show that same devotion for Jesus Christ. By the way, I pray for Penn State fans because I'm a Notre Dame fan. So, you know, anyways, with that being said. But let's look at the passage here. How do we live today a godly life? In this post-pandemic, can we even say post? It seems like it's coming back. Anyways, post-pandemic and chaotic world. I mean, our world has changed. And I believe the passage that Paul writes here in 2 Corinthians 4 says this, Therefore, since we have this ministry as we receive mercy, we don't give up. Amen? We don't quit. We don't retire. We don't shrink back. We don't run away. And we don't hide. Why? Because we have Jesus Christ our Lord. I don't know about you, but I serve a risen Savior. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. We serve a risen Savior. But look at this. But we have, verse 2, have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves in every man's conscience in the sight of God. The very first thing that you and I need to do in our personal lives is renounce the lies of the enemy. We need to renounce the lies of the enemy. How do we do that? Number one, we renounce the hidden things. I'm not going to spend much time on this, but brothers or sisters, is there anything hidden in your life? Is there anything hidden in your life and my life? We need to be challenged when we come to church. We live in a culture that says you can do whatever you want, whenever and how, whatever, and there's no consequences. I'm here to tell you today that God sees everything. We are accountable to a living Savior. His name is Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says we will all stand before him. That's a message that's being lost in our culture. We will all stand and give an account for our life. And can I say this? We do not get away with sin. Sin has great consequences. 
So I ask this again. Brothers or sisters, is there anything hidden in our lives? Secondly, not walking in the craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully. I want to take a moment from my pastor's heart for us to understand that what we have here is one of the most precious gifts that God could ever give us, and that is his word. Can I get an amen? Amen. We have all of God's revelation right here. If you have a problem, if you have a need, if uh, if you're searching for an answer, if you need to make a big decision, you can go to the Word of God. But it's not just to have the Word of God. We need to handle the Word of God. Hey, turn with me quickly back to the book of Genesis. How about turning with me back to the book of Genesis? I want to highlight something in Genesis 3. I want to highlight this, especially for our young people that are here today. Genesis 3, verse 1. Genesis 3, 1 says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said? Now let me stop right there. In all of creation, there was no chaotic moment. There was no hurricane. The very first opposition came in a question of God's word. Let me tell you, the devil hasn't changed his tactics. He is still questioning God's word. And I bring this up because I want you and I to be aware, is there any lie that you and I could be believing today that goes against God's word. You see, let's look back. Let's look at that verse again. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, Verse 2, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden... God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it. Then the serpent said, you surely will not die. Listen, what did Eve do? She mishandled the word of God because she added to it. She mishandled the word of God. Why do I bring this up? Because there are three huge lies right now in our culture that are assaulting Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. What is that? Uh, Mr. Darwin. Evolution. Do you guys believe in the biblical account of creation? Um, it's being twisted now. It's now in the, in the form of climate change. Secondly, same-sex marriage. Another lie that has assaulted Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And the third biggie is transgenderism. It's all right there in the first three chapters. Is there any lie that the enemy is assaulting you with in saying, has God said that? Has he really said that? Because he is the prince of lies and he never stops lying. 
And our whole world right now is falling for the big lie. A hundred years ago, we had the Great Depression. Now we have the Great Deception. Let's turn back to 2 Corinthians. So, so we renounce. How do we live a godly life? By renouncing. Renouncing any hidden thing of shame. Not walking in craftiness. Hey, let's not walk in selfishness. But thirdly, how do we renounce? I can't, I can't stress this point enough. I could spend the whole day with you. We must handle the word of God. Can I ask you this question? How are you loving today? How are you loving today? And this is what I mean. Hey, man, I might love a lot of things, but let me tell you, how are you loving God's word? Is it something you look forward to? Is it something you run to? Or is it, come on, let's be honest. Oh, man, that's Pastor Brad's job, you know? Yeah, you know, it's, that's, that's my youth directors. That's, that's what Ann and Aaron and Libby do, man. That's, I, you know, I, how are you handling the word of God? Because it will direct where your life is headed. That's how important this is. Sorry I'm preaching, but that's what I do. That's what God called me to do. Let's go to verse 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds, now watch this, verse 4, the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in them. Listen, the God of this age, which is the devil, okay, he's blinded the minds of those. We are not going to win a popularity contest. I can invite you up to the streets of State College and you could start preaching the gospel and start saying Jesus loves you. And I promise you within 15 minutes, you will not have a fan base. We know what that's like. Many of us work in, in, um, in our work environment. It's hostile to the gospel. Because they're blinded. But let me tell you something. Let me, let me share a stern warning. We are here to minister, to call those, to, to invite those to Jesus Christ. We are here to reach those who probably right now hate us. They are not our enemy. They are deceived. They need the gospel. Amen? Amen. We need to love them. We don't need to agree with what they may be involved in. And by the way, they are deceived. A few years ago, the Lord gave me the privilege to work with someone who lived a lifestyle that was contrary to the word of God. I'm not going to name it because I don't want to give any, any precedence to it. And I didn't really know what to do. I never really dealt with that type of situation one-on-one, uh, -on -one, especially in a work environment. I wasn't working, obviously, in a ministry at the time. I was working for a secular organization. I remember praying and asking the Lord, what do I do about this situation? And, he, and the Lord gave me this most profound, and I mean most prophetic um, answer. Love him. What? 
You want me to what? Love him. And I remember over the next two years, God gave me the opportunity to tell him, brother, from cover to cover, what's in this Bible is that God loves you. And I was able to share with him. Now, I want to tell you, the life that he chose goes totally counter. And the Bible is very clear, you know, about his, his lifestyle. But I want you to know something. I remember one day we were in the car and we had to go to an event. And he said, Doug, can you please tell me what the Bible says about this situation? And I was, I was moved because um, for him to find that kind of trust. And you know why I was moved? Because God let me see the deception that that young man was in. The pain and the internal turmoil and the torment that he was going through. Listen, sin is only good for a season. But it's got a price. What did Livy say? We are set free from the chains and bondage of sin. All right, we're doing good here. We're down an hour already. Verse 5, second point. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. Now, I better get an amen. Listen, we are the body of Christ. We preach Jesus. We don't preach our opinions, our political persuasions. We preach Jesus Christ. What does the world need? Jesus Christ. Amen? Turn real quick me to uh, Colossians. Go with me to Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. Colossians 1, 15. Why do we preach Jesus Christ? Well, for many reasons, but let's look and see what the Word says. Colossians 1, 15 says, He is the image, amen, of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. End. Verse 18. He is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. Verse 19, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. What did I just read? Jesus Christ is the owner. Amen? He's seated on the throne, high and lifted up, and even though it doesn't look like it right now, in the United States of America, God is in control. Wait a minute. Even though it doesn't look like that in the United States of America, our God is in control. I know you can yell because I've seen the Penn State fans. I can actually, I live about a mile half away and I can hear them sometimes if the wind is right. So our God is in control. Our God is in control. Jesus Christ is in control. Amen. He allows presidents to be president. He allows nations to be national. And he allows kings to do what they think they can do. But he is in control. Man, that should free us. 
That means you and I do not have to be in control. Amen? Oh, and by the way, ladies, please quit praying about your man trying to read instructions because, men, we just don't read instructions. That's why you have to tell us what to do all the time. I just want to make sure you're listening. Jesus Christ is in control. He is in control. He has, he has the devil in the palm of his hand. Amen? He is in control. So let's start living like it. We don't need to get frustrated. And we don't need to get discouraged. And we definitely do not need to give up. Christ is in control. And in this little moment, I have one suggestion. And I know you're a church like this. But let me ask you this. How is your prayer life? If you want to see this nation change, then spend more time on your knees praying to the one who can change it. Amen? How's your prayer life? And how many grandmothers do we have here? Got a few grandmothers? I want to say something. Being a grandmother, you are in the most unique role of all. You have a direct line to heaven. You say, why do I say that? Because my grandmother had such a reputation that any of my friends that wanted to meet a godly woman, they'd go see my grandmother and say, could you pray for me that I get married? And guess what? She'd pray, and they got married. Sorry, she's in heaven right now. But she had that kind of reputation. Grandparents, pray. Pray for your grandchildren. Pray for them on that they stay true to the word of God and true to Jesus Christ in these days. Mom and dad, don't give up. Keep fighting. Keep being faithful. Stay true to what you believe. Yes, it's difficult. I just, my wife and I just accomplished getting an 18-year-old graduated from high school. One checkbox. Now we have to deal with the rest of her life. All right? I mean, God's got a sense of humor. He lets us reproduce ourselves, okay? So that's just, not, I mean, he's, it just shows you we have a funny God. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 4, and we'll close with this. How do we live a godly life? Number one, we renounce. Hey, we got to handle the word of God. Um, we got to handle the word of God. I mean, I cannot stop this. Number two, we don't preach politics. We don't preach opinions. We don't preach our passions and our persuasions. We preach Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's what I love about Child Evangelism Fellowship. They, I mean, it's amazing. Anna and Aaron and Livy, the skill set that they have. They can teach the gospel so clearly and plainly and simply that a child can respond. They don't even need, they don't even need anything. They can just use the fingers on their hand or they can use a, oh, this wordless book. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. We have hope and his name is Jesus. There are ministries like Child Evangelism Fellowship partnering with you Churches all over Eastern PA, and we are reaching children. And at this point, I'd like to say thank you very much for the van that this church has blessed our ministry. Because let me tell you what that van is doing. 
We have it up in Carbon County. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Carbon County is a county that's been hit really hard by the pandemic. There is a lot of poverty. It has been hit so hard. Children, even though if they wanted to go, cannot go. We have been praying for a while, but specifically Carbon County was praying for years for a van. And this summer, finally, we get to go into the neighborhoods, into any little nook and cranny and, and pick the children up, fill that van over and over and bring them to Good News Club so they can hear the gospel. Thank you very much for responding. And I specifically want to thank Heitzman's Garage for looking it over and taking care of us. But you have blessed us greatly. And the, and the, the children that come to Christ, it's a partnership. That's a part of your spiritual fruit. Amen. Thank you so much for the van and blessing us with that. But lastly, this is the best part. Verse 6. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light, the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, or maybe your translation says a clay pot, that the excellence of the power may be of God or not of us. You may be sitting there today and say, you know, Doug, I really like what you're saying, but I'm tired. You know, I, I just, I, I'm tired. You may be sitting there, it's like, I don't know what to do with my child. We have tried everything. You may be sitting there and say, but, 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 but Doug, you just, you don't know what I'm facing right now. You don't know the opposition. Um, you don't know how I'm overwhelmed. You know what? I do not. But Jesus Christ does. And he is there with each one of you. Every moment, every second, every hour. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And by the way, you and I cannot live this victorious life on our own. We can only live it submitted to the awesome power of the Lord Jesus Christ through the power of his spirit. We don't have to do it by ourselves. Do you know what I pray every day? When I get up, Lord, I don't even know what I'm doing. Please help me today. I'm serious. I pray. It's like, give me wisdom. Give me power. Give me strength. How do we lead this ministry through this chaotic time? I don't know, but I know who does. I know who does, and I know he will show us, and he has every step of the way. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus Christ is in control, and you can trust him. I want to encourage you today to be renewed, to be strengthened. The Apostle Paul says that we don't have to worry and pray about, you know, I don't know about you, but my outer shell, this, this old bag of bones, um, I had someone that hadn't seen me for a few years, and the first thing they said was, man, you got gray, you know. I mean, at least they didn't say, man, you got ugly, but, you know, so, but, um, but yeah, I did. And, you know, there's a lot of things that don't work as well as, as when um, they did. But, but listen, that's the outer man. The inner man, the spirit of the living God can be renewed every day and strengthened every day. And it's in our weakness that God's strength is perfected. Amen. All right. Amen. Thank you so much for allowing us to come. Thank you so much, Pastor, for allowing me to come and share with you. May I just pray um, and just pray for all of you.
Um, keep, keep on keeping on. Keep striving. Uh, this fellowship, keep reaching and keep being a light like you are. Let me pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, in the name that is above every name in heaven and earth, we ask now that you would continue to bless this fellowship. I ask now that you would continue to bless Pastor Brad and Pastor Nathan and all the leaders of this church and all the teachers and volunteers and all that are ministering. Father, we ask that you would raise up a new generation of believers that will not sway, Father. I pray that you would bless this fellowship, Father, that Stonington Baptist Church would increase Father, in the grace and knowledge of Christ, and it would be a year like no other, that there would be a harvest so that come the end of 2021, the only thing they can say is, praise God, look what God has done. Father, continue to bless this fellowship. Thank you for their time with us in Jesus' name. Amen.